0: There's never going to be the perfect writing situation for me. I think most writers know that whether you have kids or not, whatever you're doing, because emails pop up, you're so easy to be disturbed. The postie pops to the door or whatever. A friend rings with a crisis. So you just have to carve out the time, be a bit, I guess it's selfish, but be a bit selfish and make the most of it.
1: Welcome to Rights for Women, a podcast all about celebrating women's voices and supporting women writers. I'm Pamela Cook, women's fiction author, writing teacher, mentor, and podcaster. Before beginning today's chat, I would like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Dharawal people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, along with the traditional owners of the land throughout Australia. And a quick reminder that there could be strong language and adult concepts discussed in this podcast. So please be aware of this if you have children around. Let's relax on the Convo Couch and chat to this week's guest.
2: Hi, and welcome to this episode of Rides for Women. My name is Ray Cannes. I'm a crime writer and one of the guest hosts for the year. And it's my absolute pleasure to be speaking with debut author, Karen Maine about her crime novel, Lenny Marks Gets Away with Murder. Karen, welcome to the Convo Couch.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Ray. I'm very excited to talk about this book and talk about it to you because I loved your book, The Good Mother. Oh, thank I you.
2: That's it. very kind. Now today is release day. Congratulations! Yes.
0: Thank <laughs> How you. How are you feeling? Oh, still having a few pinch me moments, and I've had a few messages come through. and And forgive me, anybody that hasn't heard back from me yet, because I had to do school drop off. I had to put some washing on, and <laughs> now I'm yeah, sitting down. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of babies that demand to be fed. Apparently release date means nothing to the under five set. So <laughs>
2: it's
0: very exciting. And I'll be having off to meet a friend at a bookshop to see them in real life on launch day and have a champagne shortly. It's a good day. Yeah. And then yeah. home in time for school
2: pickup. <laughs> of course. The life yes. of a working mum, hey? Yes. But congratulations. Thank I you. read Lenny Marks over the weekend and I have to say it's Been one of my favourite reads so far this year, honestly. It's beautiful, funny, heart-wrenching and suspenseful. It's got characters that are gorgeously flawed that you can't help but love. And it's also been described as Oliphant meets the girl on the train, which I think sums it up quite well. I love these comp
0: titles. Like they make me, like Eleanor Oliphant is one of my favourite. So maybe that's why there's a little bit of a homage to her in there. But I just, yeah, that's, it's so lovely to hear nice words about my book.
2: <gasps> but I think they're accurate. That description is very accurate. Can you tell us a bit about
0: them? Of course. Lenny Marks Gets Away With Murder is about a school teacher, Lenny Marks. She's our protagonist. She is living in the Dandenongs, which is in the very outer suburbs of Melbourne. For those who don't know, it's very pretty, picturesque, hilly, ferns and palms, More ferns, a bit rainforestry rainforest But she is living a very scheduled life, a very routine life, and is very happy with that. She doesn't intend to change anything. Unfortunately for her, life has other plans. So uh, she gets a letter from the parole board, letting her know her stepfather's being paroled. And she can't, for the life of her, work out why she would need to know that. She hasn't seen him for 20. But that triggers a series of events and changes in Lenny's life. And she starts to remember a whole lot of what has gone on, as opposed to what she thinks has gone on for all these years. So I'll leave it there because otherwise it's very hard to describe a book. No spoilers, is, no spoilers. Yeah, no, without going too far into it. But, yeah, Lenny, it's a story about Lenny Mark. So it's not, it has a crime in it, but it's more than anything I wanted to tell Lenny's story. So that's, yeah, that that was my aim in this one.
2: And it's funny how she can't remember adds so much tension on every page as you're reading it because you just, something is coming. Something coming.
0: And she's not sure either, so she's, She was quite fun to write in that respect because what she believes and, yeah, what's actually happened poles apart. But, of Mm. course, as you have to do to any character to make a book readable, as it turns out, you do horrible things to them. So, poor (laughs) (laughs) the more you
2: like them the nastier you are right
0: I know yeah you've really got to give them that journey don't you You need a character arc otherwise nobody wants to read about it sorry
2: Lenny Marks so what sparked the idea for the story initially so I yeah
0: it's hard because you think back and it's hard to know where it all started from Lenny Marks came to me as a character first of all because I wanted to write something with somebody that was a bit quirky and that had something terrible happen to them in their life and then they just gone and got on with it so they, they just picked up, kept going and many years later, there's so many people out there in the world that are survivors or victims or witnesses of horrible things that it's touched so many people and then they just have to get on with it because what other choice do you have? So I really wanted to do a story about after the crime and Lenny came to me with, all, with many of her quirks, some of them developed over time and... Yeah, once I started writing about, and the book certainly looks a lot different as most books do than when I started with it, but it was all a progression of learning about her and where I wanted her to go and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I started writing about her and this story just spilled out. So she was
2: definitely, it was definitely character first.
0: Character first for this one, yes. Did you know it was
2: going to be Crime.
0: Yeah, I think so. So my background, I'm a police officer. So I've been a detective for, been in the police force for about 16 years. I was a detective for about seven of them. And now I'm a sergeant in a very comfortable office. Although at the moment I am on parental leave. So I'm not in any office. I'm being ruled by four small children at the moment. (laughs) I've gone off with the fairies. Where did I go? Oh, character first. Oh, so crime in it. Because of my background, I think what occurred to me when I was writing, so I wrote back in high school and then I put it down. So I haven't written for, hadn't written for years. And then we had the glorious author Sally Hepworth come along to one of our book clubs and she asked if there was, so there's three detectives in our book club. And she said, can I send you guys my unpublished book, which went on to be the mother-in-law because we'd love, I'd love to just get your take on whether or not it's accurate. Is this the way things could happen? Because I think it was her first book that was crime and it was her first book that was based in Melbourne. Yes. And that's when I realised I have this knowledge that not everybody has because mm. you're not along at work and you think, oh, everybody knows who delivers a death message and everybody knows what happens when your car gets broken into, the process from there because not- it's everything. <laughs> turns out apparently thankfully most people don't know those processes oh. which is good because it means hopefully not everybody's car gets broken into or you get horrible knocks on the door from the police but i knew and i went all of a sudden okay well then i've got this i've got this knowledge that i can put into writing i did first make a police procedural with oh, this
2: that was baby. one of my questions for you were you because it's a kind of an unusual decision to, as a police detective, not unusual, a surprising decision is a better way to, to frame it, that the police are very much on the periphery of this story. Yes. In fact,
0: they're probably not even that smart, which I probably is a giveaway potentially with the title. But I certainly wanted to make the police not an integral part of the story. Yeah, I, But my first book, which is in the depths of this computer somewhere, is a police procedure. <laughs> Okay. And it's written about a female detective in the Melbourne suburb. So essentially I wrote a story about myself but didn't think I was writing a story about myself but bogged it down in a whole lot of procedure and, oh, I'll write a book the way things really
2: happen. Paperwork. Like
0: I, yeah, I won't sensationalise this. So there's a hell of a lot of paperwork in my book. It didn't take off. Nobody wants to read about paperwork and coffee runs yeah I know who would have thought I, I shelved that and and that's where Lenny came from because I'm like what do I like to read about I love your characters in books that are a little bit more quirky and have have that are flawed and they're not Lenny's still process driven and she still loves a routine which is a lot like me there's actually a few too many of Lenny's traits in me but really I,
2: that was one of my yeah. questions for you is yeah. she I, inspired by yourself or somebody else in your life because she's very unique she's a very she's a unique, unique character
0: Yeah, so she's not solely me. She's not solely anyone. But yeah, there's a lot of little things in there, and and I'm sure all authors have done this. You just pinch a little something from here and (laughs) shake it all together, and you hope it turns out to be somebody great. And look, I don't know that Lenny Marks and I would get along, but I love her.
2: I want her over for dinner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come to be. I know. I know. I'd have to
2: like. Get Ned to drag
0: her or something. (laughs) trick her somehow into thinking something else is going on or get her her foster mum on side and that would probably get her over. But, yeah, so it it always was going to contain crime, but it very much changed from when I first sat down and started writing to being all crime and police procedural to being crime in the sort of periphery. Or as I heard Holly Throsby describe her book, Clark, she said it's crime adjacent and I love that description.
1: That's actually a very apt description
2: for the book. Not bad, isn't it? It's more about after the crime, isn't it? This book. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about how you live after a pretty significant event, trauma, traumatic event in your life. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Quirky, crime adjacent, whatever you want to go with. But yeah, it was always going to be about crime. And.
2: Yeah, that's where we went. So you said before that she didn't arrive fully formed, but she had quirks. So did she change a lot in the writing of the manuscript or was more what happened to her changed?
0: Yeah, probably more what happened to her and the reasons they happened to her. So she was always going to be very process-driven, very much happier in the school term than she was when she was on Mm. school. Holiday break because she didn't really know what to do with herself. She always wanted to get around on her bicycle, even though I'm sure anybody that lives in that area up in <laughs> Belgrade, public transport's probably not really the best way to get around. So she's got her bike. So she gets around on her bike. Always wanted her to have that real affinity with pop culture, but not knowing it, like she loves friends, but it's not because it was popular. It was because something about it warmed to her and friends the tv show i should say not friends in general like it's no you
2: actually so you weave friends through the story and you also weave the hobbit through the story
0: and the hobbit so yeah and the hobbit i love is it is so that specifically the book though not the movies because whatever they did with the movies and i'm sure they've made enough money to not worry about my opinion on these things but (laughs) not like the Hobbit movies, but I love the book. And, yeah, and that was all part of the Nong setting as well because you're a little bit Middle-earthy up there. Oh, yes. Yeah. I hadn't
2: put that together. Okay, because I was going to ask why the Dandinongs, and now I know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and there's
0: a little bit of a character arc with your Bilbo and your Lenny where the, these adventures... Definitely he wants to stay home. He, adventure comes to his door, likewise with Lenny. And then off they go on these journeys. And then what's, I think that the subheading or the the sort of alternative title is there and back again with the Hobbit or yeah, there and back. Okay. Or I think that's woven into the story somewhere. If anybody is a mad Hobbit Lord of the Rings fan what, listening to this, they'll be really annoyed. I don't know that because people are <laughs> I follow a lot of Lord of the Rings and Hobbit pages now on on social media, and people are really intense about it. So I wouldn't want to get it wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's there and back again. And that kind of sums up Lenny as well. So I yeah. just kind of not only was it a comfort to her that book, but it was also a little bit yeah, reminiscent of her journey as well.
2: And then Friends is also a comfort to her because yeah. they fill her life. The, the, yes, the, the show itself. It's
0: yeah, they fill her life. And so I don't think it's a spoiler to say, so Lenny plays Scrabble by herself, but quite often pretend she's playing against Monica because she's the one that would be the most competitive of the yeah. Friends. Anybody that's watched Friends would know that. But that's how my grandma would play Scrabble. So there's something I pinched from somewhere. Oh, so
2: really?
0: gran, Yeah, live by herself, but she would set up the two decks of Scrabble, not with Monica. My I was going to say, does she
2: have a character on the other side? I've actually
0: not checked. I should ask Granny (laughs) if she ever named the other person, but she'd set up the couple of different tile decks and I never knew how she did it because you'd want to rip the other hand off. Yeah. Oh, they've got the X, so I'm going to make sure I take that triple letter school and but that's also where I got my love of Scrabble from my gran so we'd go and she lived in a granny flat in our backyard for a while so we'd trundle up there and probably bother the hell out of her, but she got a Scrabble game out of it most of the time so that was also and also why one of the things Lenny does to bond with characters in the book is like the offering of the Scrabble and likewise it came to her that's very much based on yeah just an element of my childhood I think I just went way off track and didn't answer your question then. But that's a little... That's
2: right. yeah. it's, but it's interesting to see how a book comes together and the different pieces that you steal from from real life. And I'm impossible in a cafe. I'm the most nosy person on earth. I listen to every conversation. It means I'm useless at writing in a cafe. Because there's one c- not far from me that
0: you should, would be ideal to sit at because when I sat there the other day the tables were so close together I was actually sitting next I was closer to the person at the next table than I was to the my friend across <laughs> the table from me and I thought this is a bit uncomfortable but then I was like
2: oh what's happening over here
0: what's happening here? And you're <laughs> so, saying,
2: hello hello <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe we should go out for a coffee together and we can ignore each other that will be a beat. great idea
2: did you have another character other than Lenny that you enjoyed writing this book like I was quite fond of most of them that definitely
0: I, and I don't know how you felt writing your book but the supporting cast when you just throw somebody in there and then they take on a bit of a life of their own because you go oh I really oh like Ned in the supermarket was just Ned in the supermarket
2: oh really and then he and-
0: progressed and then he progressed. I'm like, oh, I know what I'll do with him. And he was, he was modeled on a friend of mine's boyfriend who was like this mad about, you know, pop culture and memorabilia. So is my husband, by the way, like stuff in our house that I would happily sell on eBay if he wasn't looking. <laughs> but I won't. He assures me it'll all be worth a fortune one day, but I'm inclined to. Not so much agree with that. But, yeah, so that sort of thing and that sort of burly, big but really friendly bloke who's just everybody's friend. He was really fun to write. He was a really nice character but also Faye. I loved writing Faye. Yeah,
2: I did too.
0: And to the point. Where not so much because of the character, but I loved her and her name so much that so we had twins six months ago. So one of my daughters is Harriet Faye because I loved the name so much, I wanted to use it. So, Harriet Faye and Faye also has a couple of like her, she wears big bright t shirts all the time. And I kind of imagine her as this big bosomed woman who just would just
2: so, Faye is know, the foster mother. Faye is the foster mother. Yes,
0: it's probably a bit out of context for anybody that hasn't read it. But so Faye is Lenny Mark's foster mother. And that's- that's And you learn that very early in the story. So that's not a spoiler and not a spoiler either, that it was a happy home for Lenny. So that was nice to write because yeah, Faye's just got this big, huge heart. But her bright t-shirts is very much based on my friend who is well in her fifties and cannot walk past an anime or a Disney t-shirt without buying it and wearing it proudly anywhere. And I just think- I, I didn't know they made these things for adults and they do. <laughs> in
2: um, that size. Yeah,
0: and she pulls it off and I'm it's getting just, the
2: feeling that anyone that enters your life is fodder. Yeah, come on, you'd be the same, wouldn't you? Probably I am the same, just, totally, 100%. I, in fact, I've got to the point where I warn people. Oh, I like that about I'm you. I'm a writer. And, and I'm with a warning my, now. Yeah, Yeah, the, the
0: wife of this friend who wears the T-shirt, she sent me a message the other day saying, I've got a new quirk for you because she's been reading the book. Because because her wife had done something a bit funny, and she said, "I've got a new quirk for your next book. You can put this in." I'm like, "Oh, it's not as fun when I don't steal it. Oh, no,
2: you've got to steal it. That's that's the joy of it, isn't it? And whether, yeah. but of course, yeah. no, that's not based on not based on anybody. <laughs> new at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I really enjoyed the kind of relationship explored between Lenny and Ned. Yep. And you've just said that he, and that wasn't part of your plan initially, like he was just a store clerk. Yep. And it's an interesting subplot. Why did you just decide to include that in the story? I think so. Originally, I certainly didn't want it to be a love story. And I certainly didn't
0: want it to be that a bloke comes along and saves the day. So I didn't want Ned to be which is funny because his surname's McKnight, Ned McKnight to be a
2: knight in Shining
0: Armies. I
2: did pick up on that. I quite liked that. Ned Not McKnight.
0: So I didn't want him to come along and save the day, but it was also as the story progressed and what are we all looking for in life or most of us? Con- connections and companionship and you don't need a husband or a wife or a partner in your life make it work or perfect or to be happy but it was something Lenny hadn't really explored so I wanted her to have that opportunity to explore it so yeah that that sort of can't give spoilers away about that
2: either but there um, was an opportunity to reveal more about her character it
0: was and it was very much just more than for any sort of romance it was just a bit of an opportunity for character growth because it showed where she was at in relation to who she was letting into her life and in what format. Because it is a big step if you're not, if you've shied away from romantic relationships, especially if it's a yeah. trauma-based thing that you do. It certainly is a big step to let somebody into that that realm because there's a very good chance that person's going to hurt you again. I think it showed she was felt like she was in a much safer place and more secure in herself as well, which I think as we all trundle along into our 30s especially and especially for me as I got later in my 30s you get to know yourself better know what you do and you don't like you don't put up with as much crap because I don't know about you but think back now and it's all been a learning experience and got me to exactly where I needed to be but god I put up with some crap over the years
2: yeah Uh, yeah. as does Lenny uh, in the beginnings of the novel and that even that 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 idea of wanting to befriend certain people yeah who she thinks they are as opposed to noticing that the amazing people that are right near her it's quite exactly interesting right. i loved that part of the story
0: yeah um, and so my daughter's just started primary school and i'll probably need to mention to her prep teacher or foundation they call it foundation there but apparently prep's still okay that it's not based on any real life prep teachers, I know, because it may be a little bit not complimentary. <laughs> so <laughs> I that to her, because they are just prep teachers are very special people, like the oh, they way are. they can
2: just listen. because that, that yeah. They're but, great characters because we've all met them, those characters. Yeah. That Amy and Ashley, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yes. I'm glad my daughter does not have them as prep teachers. Yes,
2: definitely. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yes. yes.
2: So there are numerous themes in your novel. I particularly love the way you explored loneliness and anxiety and trauma and happiness. What is happiness? And I really love getting a life. Okay? That whole concept of get a life. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I think we've all heard that at some point in our lives. Yeah, we've probably all been told
0: or issued that that statement to somebody else, it's probably not very nice, but it is meant in a nice way, you know, when Faye gives her that ultimatum
2: Lenny needs that that nudge doesn't she like to start creating her life because she's closed herself off from pretty much everything except the school children yes um, that she adores working with but so did all those themes the anxiety the loneliness getting a life all that did you plan to have them throughout the book from the beginning or did they just evolve
0: I think Themes are hard because I think when you look back and you go, oh, I, I like that. I had really strong female characters in there. Yep, I didn't necessarily set out to do that, and I think likewise with those themes, I've suffered from anxiety and take medication for it. That's helped me really well in the last few years. So it was something that I, I did intend to have in there because not only having first-hand experience with it, but also because it's not something to be ashamed of. No. There's a lot on in life and the world and some of us just need a bit of other skills and tools to deal with that. So I definitely be that, that in there but also that she hadn't ever addressed it. So there was – she couldn't get the coping mechanisms because she wouldn't admit that there was actually something going on Has also – She's of the mind that well, there's nothing wrong with me. I've always had a roof over my head, and I've always been fed. Which know, is an interesting
2: trauma response that because there's quite a few people that do respond with that, or mu- other people yeah. have it much worse than I do. Yeah. that Kind of yeah,
0: which I guess is good because unfortunately there's always going to be somebody that has it worse no matter what's happened to you. So I guess in a way it's a good perspective to have, but then it's also a bit dismissive because you're you've got to look after yourself and you've got to tackle what's going on in your life. So there is. Because it very yeah. much
2: halted her life that she wasn't dealing with or parts Which, of her life. I mean, the was going okay, but. Yeah.
0: yeah, but then I guess for a lot of people, you need to work. Most people do because you need an income. So you can very much function for a set period of hours in a routine without giving sort of the game away and then very much go home and collapse into pieces or just not deal with it when you're not around people. So I think that's really interesting that what you're from people, and then what happens when they get home or behind closed doors is very different. And I think to some extent that's fair enough because if you're at work, you need a professional. You've got to have a certain demeanour and you've got to have a certain conduct and professionalism about yourself. But I also think it's all right to let people in and tell them that you're not okay and share these problems with people. And so, yeah, I did want to explore that just all these things you can run. I guess Lenny ran on this head in the sand, just get on with it, your problems aren't so big. And she did it for so long, but there was a, it was a slow drip into the bucket. So at some point, that bucket was going to be full and that yeah. bucket and that bucket tipped over. And there was also a few other catalysts, obviously, with the letter from the parole board and meeting her neighbor and that sort of thing. So some other things were at play and she really was, it was coming to get her. Interestingly, one of the titles that popped up for the book was Lenny Marks Gets a Life. Because uh-huh. that theme of it. But there is another book. I think we pushed that one because there's another book, Get a Life, Chloe Brown or something. That right. that it was a little bit too similar. But I did that because it was very much a huge theme of the book. And actually, interestingly, not. It was never that direct from Faye. She never said, go and get a life. It was just that's the, the sort of the literal translation. That Lenny's wrote. interpretation of. Her interpretation of it. And it's probably a fair interpretation. It's what she meant. She just she she probably did more gently though, knowing fact. (laughs) She's more gently with a hug and some melting moments. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Made me hungry when I read about the (laughs) moments. So let's move on to research. Did you do any research for this book?
0: Yes, I did. Because also saying no sounds really, really remiss of me not to. But I actually didn't think I did that much because the crime stuff I had a bit of an idea Mm -hmm. about anyway. But yeah, there was a bit of research. There A couple of the psychological aspects of it I did. And that was one of the things that changed when it got in the hands of an editor. They wanted it to be a bit less vague. So a bit more, I didn't tackle it head on. I just, I'd done the research, I'm like, okay, people do forget things and trauma-based responses do mean people mm-hmm. shut down some things but not other things. So I knew that it was possible, but I didn't want it. I didn't at first, I couldn't get it on without dumping everything onto the page. That's without, why I asked
2: because I'm really interested in how people take research Yeah, all put it in their book but don't do an info dump.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and hopefully that's not the way it came across even in the rewrite because I think when I first did it, she had a lot more... So before it even got in the hands of an editor, I did version 367 <laughs> or something. I don't know, cause, and I was bad with a version control. So I have no idea how many drafts I did in the end, but it was a lot more to do with a psychologist. She had a fair bit of ongoing help and we were part of those meetings. Right. And then I decided that not only was I not a psychologist and it was going to be a bit heavy on... I didn't want to have to put it in the hands of a psychologist and I thought it's a bit irresponsible to suggest you can have a couple of meetings and shrug that off. And then I also went, that's actually, I still felt like it was a private thing. I thought it was a behind doors thing and it also wasn't the most important thing that helped Lenny, which, Yeah, I, which I won't dive into, but there is something that she credits very much with taking this huge weight off her shoulders by the of the book. So I did do the research, so I know more about it. Then I put in the book. But then I'd put very little in the book. So I had to I had to make it less vague in the end. They the editor suggested that we needed just to explain it a little bit more. And it could be in the end, like when I read crime books and I read them and I go, That's not the way it's done. Or that have not written one report. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. How did they leave the office well, after that, that shootout they were in yesterday? Surely they're still doing paperwork. So, if a psychologist picks it up, and I know the lovely Kylie Ladd, whose book I've got around here somewhere, is a, I think she's a neuropsychologist. She's yeah. an overachieving, fabulous author. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And love and funny and swam the courts into the pub or whatever. I'm like, just stop it. Calm, Calm down. down. She she might read it and go, I can't, and that's not the way it happens. And that's very possible, but I did. I, I based it in enough research. I thought that it was probable. And then whether or not it's happening on a regular basis, I don't know. But it is fiction. That's exactly they, what I
2: was going to say. And it's the same with police procedurals, isn't it? You tried well, to write one that was accurate, and it was perhaps not as entertaining as you might hope it would yeah. be. Yeah. And that's it. When I
0: read a book, I really have to put my read- reader's hat on because I can't, I can look at it and go, oh, that's a bit silly. Menace. Just get on with it. And I wouldn't read them if they were based completely in reality because what? where's the enjoyment in that? Yeah. There's very much a market for crime books as based you know, with a bit more. Actually, well, would you call yours a police procedural? No, not, it, not at all. that you've got a lot more of a police aspect to it, but it's, from somebody else's point of view, but it's from
2: an everyday person point of view yes, and it's the same with my next one I don't want to write from a police point of view I just want to write from the perspective of a person dealing with the police and dealing with yes. crimes and so, so any assumptions she makes about things don't doesn't necessarily have to be accurate
0: yes, and then it can be that and then it can be based in what the general public probably thinks and I do an everyday story is, is and I did get that through yours as well this is a very much an everyday person. And we're finding out this whole other element to their lives. And who knows how many people are living out there on the run from the IRA? It's like it's,
2: who knows? <laughs> so your work in policing, did it inform the novel, do you think? Or did it make it harder?
0: I think for this, it informed it because there were a couple of things in it that I just knew to be the case. And also they weren't. Unfortunately, all that outlandish to me in, in respect to things to do with family violence or just people living with, I want to say background in crime, but I'm going tra-
2: trauma, a traumatic yeah, trauma. trauma. I'm always reluctant
0: to use the word that they were a victim of something because victim sometimes, and I'm very lucky in the respect that I haven't had any serious crimes committed against me other than the, the old scuffle as a police officer, which still yeah, isn't that's fun, that's but. But, but the victim implies that, that might not be a word that everybody's happy with. So, yeah, something something a bit nicer than that. Yeah, with a trauma background.
2: Okay. So, why should readers get a copy of Lenny Marks Gets Away with Murder? What well, do you want them to take away from the book?
0: Look, it's hopefully this doesn't put anyone off. It's not a how to guide. So, <laughs> if planning on offering anyone in the future, this probably isn't going to inform it. But I think ultimately and as you mentioned did you mention this maybe somebody else told me I don't know I've heard so many nice things today on launch date that it is ultimately a heartwarming book yeah. so it does it's got murder in the title so you don't usually attach heartwarming to it I do think Lenny Marks is a character I'm going to take a long time to get over because I love her my five year old calls says Lenny Marks all the time as if she's a person living in my house I think that She will, she probably go one of two ways. She'll either endear herself to you or you'll want to slap her a little bit. But I think most people will have a bit of a soft spot for Lenny Mice. So I think ultimately, yeah, if you want to read a book, and I like to walk away from a book feeling a bit better for reading it. And I think that's ultimately what this book has for readers. Fingers crossed. Yeah,
2: it does. It does.
0: Send me Instagram messages if you, if you read it and want to let me know. I like hearing nice things about my book. It's really good. I'm not... What's Instagram handle? So people know. KCM writes. Okay. There we yeah.
2: are. So you've heard it. If you read it and tell her what you think. Yes. <laughs> if it's, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, which it will be. Um, i on that. Before. So you mentioned before that you wrote a lot as a child, like through school, and then you didn't write again. And then you came back to it with book club. Is that correct? When somebody. Yeah. Yeah, Did she uh, she use some kind of like ultimatum or something about writing? Did I read that
1: somewhere?
0: Yeah. So it's actually in my acknowledgements that she didn't, but she did in my mind. So when, and apparently it's something that authors get a bit sick of hearing people saying, oh, I would have loved to write a book or, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. You've probably heard it many times. (laughs) I'm not far enough down the road yet for me to have heard it. But I said that to her and she said, just write one. and. And that, it was a, it was just a throwaway comment probably to her and I'm like, oh, well, uh, all right. I'm okay, kidding. I'll win. <laughs> yeah. And there I was sitting there with my first baby thinking, but how do I ever have free hands? Because, yeah. you know, you've got one baby and you think you're the busiest you will ever possibly be. Little did I know. <laughs> yeah, so that's quite, kind of where it all kicked off again. So yeah, maybe five years ago we're talking, yeah, and with a unintentional ultimatum. But I think she would accept that too if I said to her this was because you unwittingly challenged me she'd probably just go she's got a good sense of humor she'd probably go yeah that's right she's got a fabulous sense of humor
2: yeah so did you always write fiction was it always and was it always crime based when you were a teenager when you were writing back then
0: no I hope none of them still exist (laughs) (laughs) They'd be just really embarrassing and my mum still lives in the same house we lived in as kids so I'm tipping in a cupboard somewhere, probably some pages that I'd written and all handwritten too. So it was, yeah, handwritten that a lot of mine revolved around teenage romance and that was probably largely because I didn't have a boyfriend and Thinking about kissing a boy or getting a boyfriend was about the most amazing thing I could think of happening to me at the time. So largely, things were very well based on really nice guys meeting the the sort of the dorky bookish girl <laughs> and loving them. Funnel.
2: We've all audience. written one like that. <laughs> oh,
0: yes. So, and I do remember, and this is probably a really good reflection on how good it was. As as a high schooler, we had there was a couple of other girls that loved writing stories, and we gave them to our friends to read, and they judged them in a couple of ways. And one was like best story. I don't know what the other ones were, but there was definitely a best, and there was definitely a longest. Mine only won longest. Potentially. Needed an
2: editor. You needed someone to slash and burn a couple thousand words. <laughs> I did. I needed
0: a good editor. Obviously, I could rabbit on about teenagers making out very well, despite having no first hand knowledge of that. They got back um, to that observation thing again, doesn't <laughs> it? I know, just stealing other people's story. It's all a bit creepy, isn't it? Just watching. <laughs> it. But anyway, look, it's paid off being a bit of a book nerd over the years. But yeah, always read. But yeah, that sort of period between, I guess, high school and then like I traveled a bit. And I was just busy working and probably kissing a few boys in there too, which was nice for a change because I didn't think probably at some point it would ever happen. Um, and then, oh, don't tell my husband that if you're listening, no, Gary. Okay. No, you were, that, no, that'd be weird if you're my first kiss at 35, probably. Yeah. Probably don't want. Yeah. That, <laughs> I think he can accept it, maybe. Well, yeah. Just did other things and then got back to it. But I've always read, I've always devoured books. I guess all those years in the meantime,
2: just studying yeah. unwittingly. Yes. Yeah. Not realizing you were doing it, which is, yeah, a big part of what reading, doesn't it? Um, so tell us about your journey to publication. You wrote the initial draft or the however many versions of the initial draft. Yes. Then what happened?
0: Yeah, I had. So the police procedural I wrote, I did actually submit it. I put it out on submission. So I finished that and I tweaked it and I gave it to my friends and they're all lovely and they all said this is good and, and that sort of thing. And I'd done a lot of research because I get quite focused on things. So I listened to a lot of podcasts and I went to author events and they'd talk about their publication journey and I'd sit up and I'd be like, okay, how does this happen? And then I could follow that exactly to that. So that went I it.
2: was a formula,
0: right? <laughs> Exactly right. I know. If only you just, yeah. And it is a weird industry like that just to get off track where it is so subjective that the day Penguin came back to me and said, we want Lenny Marks and this is our offer, I got a rejection from a agent on the same day for the same book. It, it, yeah. Yeah, you've just got to put your faith in that if it falls into the right hands and somebody loves it, then you just, you're off and running. So yeah, I learned a lot about, as much as I laugh about the police procedural that's essentially an autobiography, although she was a much better police officer than me. She solved everything, it, um, everything and did her paperwork on time. But yeah, so that taught me everything about that submission or. A lot about the submissions process. So I was submitting to agents overseas largely and then I did a couple of the open calls for manuscripts for I think a firm Press still does one and a couple of Australian-based ones and as well as a couple of competitions like the Premier's published manuscript, one in Victoria. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, all... Essentially, a big a, a big no. I got a couple of manuscript quests, so I understood that process. Then that you send it on your manuscript, and that was all really thrilling. So I think my query probably read a lot more entertaining than my book. Say this because one day somebody might say, "We want to read that. We're going to pick it up and publish yes. it." And I told everybody how boring it is. Um,
2: <laughs> It's a great it's a great read. Great a great read. It's the best best you'll ever read, police procedure or what. Robotham talks about how the greatest ever Australian novel is in the bottom drawer of in and everyone keeps wanting to publish it. And he's like, No, it, while it stays there, it's the greatest ever novel. <laughs> and is what I've got. That's my first book. Greatest ever,
0: but it's in the drawer. And then I so then I wrote Lenny Polishing and the lovely Sally Hepworth again, honestly, is not only a very good writer and funny as well. She is so generous with her time and she has been so lovely to me. And I'll stop gushing about it, but she's just a very nice person. But so is the book community. I found I, it. I was
2: gonna say I think the writing community is quite extraordinary in Australia and you'll especially in crime, but people are just generous. Not really, aren't they? And with yeah. their time. Like that's time's yeah. a premium and the people are helping.
0: But anyway, long story short, she said, could you read my Unpublished manuscript for the next book, which is always like a thrill to be asked. Like, how cool. Okay, Sally, I'd hate to read your unpublished book and just give her some feedback on the crime stuff. If I can do anything for you, let me know. Do you want me to read your book? Because she knew I was writing. And I'm like, I would love you to read my book if you're offering, because I never would have asked. Cause you know, I can only imagine. And I'm sure you've had this where people want to send you their books. And that's, uh, it's also a really loaded requests like what do you do if your friend sends you a book and then you have to go i would like your ongoing help with my police references in my story but your story shit that's really hard isn't it so i sent it to her anyway and she came back gave me some feedback on it but she said i'd also like to show it to my australian editor would you mind of course i wouldn't mind
2: she did again that. incredibly generous yes
0: very generous. She did that. And then that went a little way through their process, but it was ultimately a no. And that was fine because it was nice to have somebody pick it up and not not laugh at me, which, is always, which has never happened. I don't know if that's happened to anyone, but you always think somebody will. Yep. And then uh, the lovely Lisa Ireland, who I'd done a group mentoring with, and I'd met her through Sally. And also when she wrote The Secret Life of Shirley Sullivan, she asked a couple of questions just about police in the mm-hmm. country and with, that, with Shirley and Frank on the run and that sort of thing. So I knew her through that, did a group mentoring with her and she got wind of my book and then for her group mentoring, which was fantastic, by the way, she's got so much information and very smart and very talented writer. Yeah. She said, well, can I send my, your book to my editor? Who says no to that, honestly? Yeah. Can I send your manuscript on to my editor at Penguin in case they want to publish it? Oh, no, yeah. please don't stop so she sent it the lovely birth cousins at penguin and she came back to me a bit later and said we love your book and we're taking it through our acquisitions meeting and i thought oh it's still going to fall apart here there's so many books out there but and they picked it up and haven't yet taken it back and and believe
2: (laughs) it (laughs) now now. they've got to put them out there they're on the shelves at the (laughs) bookstores there's a big
0: stack of them at big w that my sister saw on the weekend they're going to have trouble collecting all them so i think i think it's a done deal Stop teaching like, Yeah. But that so that's that's the road. So it was a little bit unconventional, but I it, I was very lucky it fell into the right hands. But then it was also there was a bit of work behind the luck as well. Yeah.
2: I think that's often the case. There is a lot of you've got to do the rewriting, you've got to take on the feedback you get, and you've got to be able to prove you can do that as yeah. well. Yeah. On that note, how to define the editing process once you're in house at Penguin. I'm sure some people like it. But I liked
0: it because I think I work in an occupation where things are quite, you come across different jobs all the time out on the road and that sort of thing. There is a process you apply to things. So there's sort of an overlay of this is what you do and this is how you do it. And so that to me was editing. This is what we want you to do to this. And I'm like, great, guidance, direction, that's all I need. And I was quite happy to do it. I was lucky in the way that there wasn't a huge structural edit to it there was a slightly different ending and a whole character that I took out and so unwove that plot because obviously yep. you have to pull out all those stitches but other than that there were yeah there was a few things and then you realize you've named people Robert, Robin, Rob. I don't know how I don't know why you don't notice these things when you read them.
2: I did the same thing in my first book so with my second I actually wrote out the alphabet and crossed out the letters as I used
0: them. I just did that the other day. Did I needed a name. I went through all the letters and I had five letters left and I'm like, what What do I like starting with a W or a V or an X? Like, Xavier. Xavier needs a Xavier in it. So, yes, just those sort of things. And it's so funny that in rewriting and rewriting, which is why it's so good to get somebody else's eyes on it, you miss those things, you rob it, you rob, you robin, or repeat of words, like the repetition and not for artistic effect. I think, how did I not see this when I've read this 47 times? Yeah. Astonishing, isn't it, when it gets pointed out to
2: you, that stuff? During the whole process, what was the biggest kind of curveball you were sent? Like any of the publishing process? A bad curveball or a good curveball? Oh, just something that you really had to, it challenged you. You had to work on it. Oh. Actually, probably in the first round of editing because
0: the – character that I took out it created a different twist at the end of the story so that was probably the first curveball in that they loved it they were happy they'd picked up the book so it wasn't a revise and rewrite and send back in and hope for the best because then you'd cut out anything they wanted I would imagine like you'd just the bits change any name you wanted so there was probably that taking that character out and that that was when I I don't know if Lisa Island knows that after doing her group mentoring course I've taken on board that she'll be my mentor for life so I still email her and, Not a bad um,
2: mentor to have that one.
0: <laughs> I know extra things, and she still replies to me, bless her. But like the mentoring, the actual group has run out. But I'm still, I'm still using it. She should have charged so much more for that course. And she said, look, you know, sometimes you've got to trust it. A good editor. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. And she knows what she's talking about. It's not her first rodeo. Like it is mine. Chopped it out. And I think the book's all the better for it. Oh, the other curveball probably was the title because it wasn't originally named this. And I didn't like this title. Right. I love it now and I'm so glad it's named that because I think it's a real attention grabber. You want to set it apart but at the time I just thought oh this sounds terrible a police officer writing about somebody getting away with murder. People are going to think I'm giving away secrets or what if my bosses get wind of it and they think oh gosh what has she done here? Written the manual. (laughs) Look I don't know how to get away with murder, firstly. I mean, qualify that. And that's not the end of things I've ever worked on. And I've never worked at the Homicide Squad. They certainly know a lot more about it than me. It's also fiction yep. again. But yeah, I love the title. But yeah, I, it didn't it took a second round. So I said no. And then she came back to me a while later after we'd settled on an in-between title, which I think was the all the Lenny Marks and the Almost Truth or well, The Almost Truths of Lenny Marks, which was very similar to my original title, and then came back and said, look, we just think it lacks a bit of punch. So we're going back to this title. What do you think? Can we go with it? And I was so heavily pregnant with babies and and that I, in my acknowledgement, I refer to her metaphorically bludgeoning me, and it was in respect to the title. She she apologised for bludgeoning me metaphorically, but I'm glad she did. Yes. And I really think it, yeah, I think it
2: packs a punch. Do you get the thing point? as a writer when you're handing over your baby, your it is then becomes a collaborative process, doesn't it? Yep. And it's, that's what you don't necessarily realise when you first get into writing. I certainly didn't, that, that it's a collaborative thing. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. because I've seen on your socials that you had baby in your arms and you were typing away. So are you working on a second novel? I am definitely working on a second novel,
0: which thank God for TV for the older ones. I was
2: going to say, how and- on earth do you do it? Four kids under five. But, yeah. Look. But it's just been such a good, there's a
0: story like in me that wants to spill out too, because I did have a little bit of a break because I wasn't at the end of my twin pregnancy. I wasn't super well. I had really high blood pressure and a few complications going on. So I just couldn't do anything. Like I was just useless because in my head, I'm like, I'll be on maternity leave already. Think of the words I can count, like the best leg plans. So yes, we are lucky that they do sometimes sleep together as in we'll put them down for a nap and they will sleep at the same time. And I have just got, there's never going to be the perfect writing situation for me. I think most writers know that whether you have kids or not, whatever you're doing, because emails pop up, you're so easy to be disturbed. The postie pops to the door or whatever, a friend rings with a crisis. So you just have to carve out the time, be a bit, I guess it's selfish, but be a bit selfish and make the most of it. It's a little pocket of 15 minutes, I'll take it. And I can, for a first draft, I can really get the words out. Like I'll just spew them out. I'm not saying that's the way it's going to look. It's certainly not going to look that way. I've got 267 drafts to go unless my editor's listening and then it's in really good shape and it'll be
2: really,
0: <laughs> you want it. But yeah, I have a new idea here. It's still a bit crime adjacent and a bit quirky, hopefully. So a similar sort of vibe. So yeah, but it's not a sequel either. So hopefully I can create another character that even I like as much as Lenny Marks because yes.
2: that's a <laughs> that's challenge. Really but I'm sure you're up to it. It'd be remiss of me not, to not ask two of Pam's favourite questions for writers. Sure. So firstly, what is at the heart of your writing? What is at the heart of my writing?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I would say people and connections. Uh, I really enjoy learning about people and where they come from, what they how they got to where they were, why they are doing the things they're doing. And so I really like reading books about that and I like writing about that. Okay.
2: And the other one is, finally, what advice do you have for aspiring writers?
0: You can- I, I love giving advice, even if I'm not qualified to give it. So I'll give it in just about any topic you like, whether it be something I know about or not. I've always got two cents to throw in. I would hate, I'm certainly no expert. I've written a book. I'm very lucky that it's fallen into all the right hands. All I would say is keep writing because the difference between, like I said, on the same day, Penguin said, we'll take it. An agent said, we've sent your email straight to the delete box. It's all really subjective. Yeah. So just keep reading, keep writing. And the best thing you can do is finish your book because otherwise there's nothing there to even try and submit out in the world. That's my best advice.
2: I so enjoyed chatting with you, Karen. Thanks for sharing so much with us. Huge congratulations on Lenny Marks Gets Away With Murder. And I can't wait to meet the character of book two when it comes out. Oh, thank you. Thank
0: you so much. I'm looking forward to your book two as well. I will be picking that up as soon as I can get my hands on it. April 5th. April. Dying to know. But thank you. It was a, I really did enjoy talking to you. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate
1: it. Thanks for listening to Rights for Women. I hope you've enjoyed my chat with this week's guest. If you did, I'd love it if you could add a quick rating or review wherever you get your podcasts so others can more easily find the episodes. Don't forget to check out the backlist on the Rights for Women website. So much great writing advice in the library there. And you can also find the transcript of today's chat on the website too. You can find details on the website on how to support the podcast through Patreon, Patreon, and get exclusive access to the extended audio and video of the monthly craft episode. And you can connect with me through the website at rightsforwomen.com, on Instagram and Twitter at W4W Podcast, the Facebook page, Writes for Women. Find me and my writing at pamelacook.com.au. Have a great week, and remember, every word you write, you're one word closer to typing the end.